0: Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. We're working our way through the wonderful book of Proverbs. It's a family series that we started back on Mother's Day, and Mother's Day through Father's Day has normally been kind of our bracket of Sundays that we focus in on marriage and the family, but the Lord has allowed. That uh, we're going to finish out this book of Proverbs. As a matter of fact, we'll finish it at the end of August. Uh, and so the family series is called "This is How We Family." And so this morning's sermon is titled "This is How We Plan." This is how we plan. One of my favorite children's books, and and you've got to see me. One of my favorite family books is our children's books is entitled Shh, "We Have a Plan." And whenever I got to read it to grandkids, that's when, shh. And it's this great children's book about these four little guys, and they have a, a cage with them, a bird cage. And they're going to try to catch this bird so that they can keep this bird as their pet. And so in the book, they see a bird, and he's sitting on a little branch just off the ground. And the littlest of the four guys, he walks up, and he goes, Hi, birdie! And you say it like that when you're reading the book. Hi, birdie! Out loud. And the one next to him goes, Shh! We have them. And so they tiptoe slowly towards the bird, and they have their net. And they they turn the page, and they reach out the net, and the bird flies away. And so now the bird is up in a tree. And so they move over towards the tree, and the littlest guy goes, Hi, birdie! And they go, shh! And so they climb up the tree, and you see how it goes. And they reach out, try to get, the bird flies away. And now the bird is out on a stump, out in the middle of the water, in the pond. And so they're going to roll out in a boat. And the little, little one, hi, birdie, Shh, we have a plan. And as you go through the book, they have this great plan. But what you find out is the outcome is not in their hands. Literally, it is not in their hands. They never are able to catch the bird. Even though they've got a plan, they find out the plan's not in their hands. Proverbs 16, that is the very word that the Lord is going to lead us to this morning. And folks, let me ask you a question. Does that sound like what we're going through in our world right now? All these plans, plans to reopen, plans to reclose, plans to get school going, plans to get Sunday school going. All these plans. And yet, what we're finding, Lord, it's in your hands. I need this passage of Scripture. Please hear that. I I need to hear this. Our, Our staff, our ministers will tell you that we go into a staff meeting every week and we come in with questions of, okay, we, we need to be thinking through how to reopen Sunday school. And so we go in with these questions. And by the end of an hour and a half of meeting, we come out with more questions than we do answers. And as a matter of fact, they'll tell you, there are times when I come out and I'm d- discouraged. Uh, you feel half defeated. Lord, we, we so desire to make a plan here, but it's like, Lord, we're having such a hard time. As a matter of fact, I saw one of those funny posters that has to do with planning, like you hang on the wall of your office, and it had this quote on it. Look at this quote. Much work remains to be done before we can announce our total failure to make any progress. That is exactly how we feel coming out of a staff meeting. And so please know I need to hear this. I can even give you an example that will happen today at 1.35 this afternoon. My wife and I have been booked for months. We're supposed to get on a plane and fly to West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> can you imagine a worse place in the world to fly to right now? It's one of the hottest spots in the nation for the coronavirus, A tropical storm, hurricane, is moving in today into West Palm Beach, Florida. And that's where we're supposed to fly. Someone is going to have a flight plan that they're going to file. But the outcome, Lord, that's in your hands. I've made a prediction, and our oldest son, Drew, he's made a prediction. My prediction is we're going to spend the night in Atlanta tonight. My old, my, Drew's prediction is that we'll make it to West Palm Beach, but it will be sometime after midnight. But again, we make a plan, but Lord is in your hands. Proverbs chapter 16. We're going to read nine verses. Proverbs 16. I want you to hear how this passage unfolds how we are to plan. This is how we plan. Proverbs 16. Here we go. Start reading in verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now note that the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked For the day of trouble, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies To be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. I want you to hear one more time before we pray. I want you to hear verse 1 and verse 9. That's the parentheses to this passage. Listen to them back to back. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. Father, we ask for your divine guidance and help because, Lord, we can't understand this without you. I can't preach it without you. Lord, I pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would happen today in our heart. Lord, we would open our our minds, our ears, our hearts to hearing and doing your word. And Lord, we pray today someone would be saved. We pray today someone would begin a journey of following Jesus Christ. Lord, may hearts be recommitted to you. Lord, add to us and call out from us for your glory, for your name's sake. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, take the first half of the first verse. The plans of the heart belong to man. Here's what I want us to understand from that. Here's what the Lord showed me. We are to plan. We are to plan. And I know that may seem oversimplified, but remember, we're not supposed to complicate Scripture. The plans of the heart belong to man. We read verse 9. The heart of man plans his way. Back up 12 verses before 16.1. Look at 15.22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. What can we glean from that? We are to plan. And folks, I think the reason that we need to remember that is sometimes we say, well, the Lord is sovereign. Absolutely, God is sovereign. The Lord is in control. Absolutely, the Lord is in control. The Lord's purposes will never be thwarted. Absolutely, that's right. So then we just go through life, and so if that's all true, then it doesn't really matter what we do. We can just wing it because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. No, because we see in Scripture that there is evidence of plans. As a matter of fact, you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. And as you go through the rest of chapter 1 on the first day, here's what's going to happen. And on the second day, and did you know, if you ever study chapter 1, you will realize that everything that happens in day 1 is absolutely necessary in order for day 2 to take place. And on day 2, that establishes day 3, day 4, so on, all the way through, because creation happened according to a plan. Last Sunday morning, Kevin Chartney preached on Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. And we realized that God gave Joshua a plan. March around the city one time on the first day. One time. One time on and on the second day, third day, fourth day, and so on in order to do God's plan. When you get to Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is going to send out the disciples for the first time that they're going to go out on a on mission outing. First time the disciples are going to go out. The first four verses is, is identifying who's going to go on this trip. And verses 5 through 42 is the plan. Jesus tells them where they're supposed to go, who they're supposed to see, what they're to take with them, and how they are to respond. It is a plan. You get to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. That's a plan. Folks, we are to plan. Our church several months ago elected a long range planning committee. We're supposed to plan. And again, the thought is, but wait a minute, if if the Lord's gonna direct, if the Lord's gonna staff, if the Lord's gonna do what He wants to do, why do we need to have a plan? Because God tells us to. He gives us a mind to think through things. We're to count the cost, as Scripture tells us to do. We are to make plans all along the way. The key is, point two, to yield to the Lord's power and authority to establish or redirect your plans. Folks, it's not that we're not supposed to make plans. We are to plan. The key is yielding those plans to the Lord. And so we get together in staff meeting. And we make a plan for when Sunday school will reopen. And yet at the same time that we're doing that, we are acknowledging before God, God, this is in your hands. And folks, the reason that this is so important to learn is because the very word that is used here in Hebrew that we translate the plans of the Lord, in the Hebrew, this is the only time in the entire Old Testament that particular word is used. And the word means preparations. It means arrangements. It means setting things in order. And so the preparations that we're to do, the setting of things in order, the arrangements are to be done. But the key is, Lord, may the way I'm preparing be the way you would have me to prepare. The Lord, in the way that I'm arranging things, may they be an arrangement according to your arrangement. It's what Jesus meant in the the Lord's prayer when he said, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, the arrangement that you have set in place, may that be your arrangement that is done right here in my life. May my life be ordered according to your order. That's the key. And so we are to plan. The key is yielding that plan To the Lord's power and authority to either establish or redirect. And boy, in that word redirect, all of us in here can point to lots of times in our lives whenever, Lord, this was my plan. This is, Lord, this is how I saw my life playing out. Lord, this is what I thought was going to happen. And then, Lord, you redirected. And so I I want you to hear how much of God's grace is in that. And it's because sometimes, even if a person had ill plans against you, even if someone's plan was to do harm to you, I want you to hear the grace of God where God says, the plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from God. Even if a person has ill plans against you, the outcome belongs to God. We see that in Joseph's life, Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. That was wrong. That was a sin. not only, that was wrong against Joseph, but it was ultimately a sin against God. Potiphar's wife accuses him of, of rape. That was wrong. That was, a, that was a wrong against Joseph. It was a, ultimately a sin against God. And yet the scripture shows us that Joseph ends up in the very place that God all along was going to put Joseph in order to provide for the children of Israel. Which leads Joseph to say what Satan intended for harm, God meant for good. And the same thing plays out in our life. And Lord, thank you for your grace That even though someone's plans were against me, Lord, the outcome still belongs to you. We even see that in Acts chapter 4. In Peter's sermon, Peter says, Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the Jews were all lined up against the Holy Savior. And yet, God's plan was being done all along the way. As a matter of fact, folks, look at verse 4. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. What that means is God's purpose is in everything, and everything has a purpose given by God, even the wicked. Even when Herod and Pilate and the Gentiles and the Jews were lined up against the Lord, the Lord has everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. And so here's what we remember. Lord, I'm going I'm to make a plan. I'm praying for your wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would guide me in the making of this plan. And then, Lord, I yield that plan to you. Lord, I understand that you are God. It's what the psalmist means in Psalm 100 when the psalmist writes, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. That's what that means. Lord, I, I pray that you'll help me in knowing what I'm to do. But Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I, I place this in your hands. Let me give you two subpoints to go underneath this point. So, what are we to do? Number one, A, A, set your heart's intent on glorifying God. Set your heart's intent on glorifying God. Where do I get that? Look with me at verse two. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. And so, young families, let me ask you a question. Why? are you having your kids be on that baseball team? Why are you having your kids take dance lessons? Why are they in in voice voice lessons? And we always need to weigh our heart and what the, the, the intent always needs to be is Lord, we're doing this for your namesake to bring glory to you Because if the reason that that little boy is on the team is because someday we want him to play professional baseball, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it, well, we want him to have success, and so we want him him to be in a situation where he'll win games. That's the wrong reason. Because then it becomes about winning games. But instead, Lord, we want our daughter to be on this softball team why? Because, Lord, that would give us an opportunity to be around people that we wouldn't normally be around, and we want to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, may it be for your glory. We want our, our, our son to take piano lessons. Why? Well, everyone needs to know an instrument. Everyone needs to be able to play an instrument. See, that's the wrong Lord, so that. It may be that our son, our daughter could use their voice, could use the talent that you've given them for your glory. That's why we want them to do it. So set your heart on the glory of the Lord. And then here's subpoint B, and then commit your work to the Lord. Commit it to him. And and again, we see that right there. That's why this whole passage, one through nine, all relates. Verse three, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And so, Lord, here's our plan. We're going to put our kids in a public school this year. And so, Lord, as we begin this school year, we commit this school year to you. Lord, we're going to put our kids in a private school this year. And so, Lord, as they begin, we commit this school year to you. Lord, we're going to homeschool our kids this year. And so, Lord, as we begin, we commit, we dedicate, we place this year in your hands. Lord, use it for your glory. Commit your work to the Lord. And so here's how the Lord has been directing that in my life. It was several days ago that every morning there are, I I pray. You're probably glad to hear that. It's your pastor. I'm glad he prays every morning. Every morning I pray. And there's different things that that I pray. As a matter of fact, someday I would love to write a book called Morning Starters. And, And it's because... The scripture, as you go through the scripture, there are passages that I think, oh, that would be beautiful to start the day with. And so, as I was praying through certain things, there, the Lord started showing me this pattern to it. And so, I'm calling it right now a 6G network. So, we only have a 5G network right now uh, for our cell phones, but this is a 6G network. This is looking ahead. And so, how do we commit our work to the Lord? How is it that we start a day? And the reason that we need to hear this is because C.S. Lewis says, this is really the problem of the Christian life. The problem of the Christian life is we wake up in the morning, and we've got all these wishes, all these wants, all these desires, all these plans in our mind, and yet the Lord may have a totally different plan. Folks, have you ever started your day and you had in your mind all these different things that you were going to do? And then here came that phone call. Here came that text. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And so I want you to see this quote from C.S. Lewis. This is in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, The very moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And you're saying, no, that's my kids rushing at me like wild animals. Okay, but this is all your wishes and hopes the they rush you. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice. And he's obviously in the paragraph, he's referring to the voice of God. Taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in and so on all day. And so again, Lord, I've got my wishes, my desires, my plans. But Lord, I'm going to put that aside. And I'm going to listen to your voice. And folks, it doesn't mean that those plans, those wishes, those desires, it may be that that is the Lord's will. But Father, I give it to you. And I'm going to listen to your voice. And so here's the 6G network that the Lord gave me. So I open up each morning and I say, Lord, may you be glorified today through me. Lord, I want to bring glory to your name. We get that out of the Sermon on the Mount. Let your good works be seen for others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So, Lord, today I want to bring glory to your name. And, Lord, the reason I want to bring glory to your name is because there is no good In me apart from you. That's the second G. Good only comes from God. Folks, we start the day and we want to have a good day. We even say that to each other have a good day. We want to have a good day. We want to go to a good job and make good money. We want to have a good meal somewhere along the way. We want our kids to have a good time. We want our kids to make good grades. We want them to go to a good school. We want to have a good marriage and live in a good home. We want all this good. And yet the Bible says in Psalm 16, apart from you, I have no good. As a matter of fact, it's a great morning starter because the whole verse says, I say to the Lord, you are Lord, apart from you, I have no good. And so that means complete dependence. Lord, I want to glorify you today and because there's no good apart from you, and so I'm completely dependent upon you. Number three, Lord, today I want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 2 Peter chapter 3. Lord, today I want to move closer deeper in my walk with you. I want to love you more. I want to understand even more how much you love me, and I want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, Lord, give me wisdom. We see that all throughout Proverbs. Lord, give me wisdom. I'm going to be facing decisions that I did not know I was going to have to face. I'm going to be asked questions that I didn't know I was going to need to answer, There's going to be someone who's going to, I'm going to encounter that Lord will start talking with me, and I need your wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Number five, guard my eyes and my mouth. That's Job 31. And Psalm 141. Job 31. I place a guard over my eyes that I may not look at a young woman. Uh, Lord, I guard my eyes. Lord, I do not want to look at anything on a screen, in a magazine, in a paper. I don't want to look at a woman. I want to look at a person of the sex, same sex, whatever it is. Lord, place a guard. I want a guard over my eyes and a guard over my mouth that, Lord, I would not say anything except what you want me to say. And then the last one, Lord, that I may go. That I may go and make disciples of all nations. Folks, this is what it means to make plans. And yet, Lord, I yield it to you. Lord, the outcome is in your hands. And I'm thankful for the grace of God. I want you to know that right in the heart of this passage, these nine verses, I want you to listen to verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. Did you know that right in the middle of a passage about plan is the plan of salvation, the greatest plan that has ever been known? By steadfast love and faithfulness, Iniquity is atoned for, steadfast love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that son, through faithfulness to his father, he only did what the father told him to do. He only said what the father told him to say. He was obedient, faithful, even unto death on the cross. He lived a perfect life and took my And by taking my place, he took the punishment that I deserved. I deserved to die. He died in my place. And by placing your faith in him, your iniquity is atoned for. Today, don't leave knowing that I've got all these plans for my life. And I've missed the single greatest plan the plan of salvation. Lord, I I commit to you, I submit it to you. My life is yours. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that someone today would begin the journey of following Jesus Christ. I pray that today salvation would take place. I pray that someone would be forgiven of all their sin. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in every heart. Lord, that hearts would be recommitted to you. Lord, I pray that you would add to us and call out from us. And so, Lord, we yield to you. We give this invitation time to you. May your will be done. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.